servant that followed his command. He was sick, his strength was gone, so they searched throughout the land for the healing power of the master's hand. As the Lord approached, he fell down on his knees. I'm not worthy, Lord, that you should come to me. If you just speak the word, today I will believe. With just a little faith, just a little faith, there's so much that God can do. Just a little faith, just a little faith, turns the old man into new. Just a little faith, his promises are true. Smaller than a mustard seed, that's all God asks of you. With just a little faith, just a little faith. You're facing another problem today. You've tried to find the answers in your own way. Bound by chains of fear, Satan's won again, you say. You've lost your faith. You've gone astray. Then in the dungeon of despair, you call his name. And just like he said he would, the Savior came. You placed your hand in his. You've trusted and obeyed with just a little faith, just a that God can do just a little faith he will see you through their mountain moving miracles that God has planned for you with just a little faith just a little faith turns the old man into new just a little faith his promises are true Smaller than a mustard seed, that's all God asks of you. Just a little faith, just a little faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things we've never seen. His ways are so much higher than our ways. All he asks is that we trust and believe. Will you believe with just a little faith? There's so much that God can do, just a little faith. He will see you through their mountain-moving miracles that God has planned for you. Just a little faith, 
Just a little faith turns the old man into new. Just a little faith, his promises are true. Smaller than a mustard seed, that's all God asks of you. With just a little faith, just a little faith, smaller than a mustard seed, that's all God asks of you, just a little faith, just a Thank you, ladies. Your Bible turned to Matthew chapter number 6. Let me apologize for my voice tonight. It's just not what it should be. Hopefully and prayerfully it will get better. For those of you who have not been a part of our church for some time, let me explain a little bit to you about what tonight is all about. Usually, and it's usually around September, October of each and every year, I find a place just to spend a couple days alone with the Lord. I don't, I don't, uh, not in front of a television and a... Uh, I have access to the internet. I had a, years ago, Kathy and I <clears throat> took our honeymoon at uh, uh, a place up in Estes Park. We found out that was a Christian lady, and she said this. She said, Pastor, if you ever want to come back and you're just, you just need refreshed, uh, I want to give you a place that you can come. It's not vacation. You're not hunting and camping and fishing. Nothing wrong with that, but you're just coming to refresh yourself, both you and your wife. We will give you a cabin, and I, for the last several years, that's what, in fact, what we've done, and I just spend a long time with the Lord and ask Him His direction for the church for the new year. This year, we were not able to do that. My brother passed away in September the 11th of this year, and that was about the time, and never anticipated that in, in the process of helping him and taking care of his needs, that we would be gone away from the church for an entire month. That's never happened since I've been either an associate pastor or a full-time pastor. During that time, uh, I found time alone with the Lord. I have no doubt that the direction for our church is the direction that God gave us for our church for the new year. Look in your Bible, if you would, Matthew chapter number 6. I want to show you in verse number 19 through 21. Matter of fact, stand with me if you would, please. We'll read together all, th all three of these verses together. Matthew chapter 6, we'll read together, and then we'll have a word of prayer, and you may be seated. Matthew 6, 19, please read together. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Father, I ask for your guidance tonight. I thank you for moments ago, as I was watching as Brother Stephen was leading the congregational singing, I looked over a group of people that I honestly believe with all my heart love you, desire to serve you, want to be counted in, in things of eternal nature. And Father, I thank you for uh, I thank you for Rocky Mountain Baptist Church and I thank you for the members and we have so much to thank you and praise you for. Uh, we rejoice and we thank you Lord as Brother Paul gave 
testimony about what you've done with he and Nancy, and I pray continue to watch over them. Thank you what you've done with Jim. Thank you, Father, for your blessings to us. Thank you for Marvin and Agnes, and, and still we have some that are sick and away from us, and we know that you're going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, and for this we praise you. Would you still our hearts tonight? Would you help us and would you unite our church around this theme for this year? I believe with all my heart, Father, that this is what you want us in, uh, to do this year. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to uh, give to these folks uh, exactly what you've given to me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to, Brother Josh, to put up on the screen our new theme for this year. And then I will speak to you about what our direction for the new year I didn't know this. I went downstairs between my wife and I had the teen class downstairs. And I walked downstairs for just a moment to see who was down there and greet the folks before we went into class. And Brother Josh already had this poster up downstairs. So he kind of announced he jumped the gun. Uh, but Brother Stephen just told me that one of our men looked at that and said, Is this our new theme in jest? <laughs> It's not in jest, all right? It's invest, all right? Now, let me now, you say, oh, preacher, oh, no. Here we go on the money thing. I want, stay with me, please. Investment has a lot to do with more than just money. And let me tonight, and those of you men who are preachers by heart and uh, by trade, don't, don't critique this message tonight. This message is a message of my heart to the people of, of the Lord tonight. I believe that our Rocky Mountain Baptist Church is at a crossroads. There in, in uh, my brother's house for nearly a month at night when I'd go to bed and throughout the day as I was talking to the Lord, I believe that our church is at a crossroads. And I believe this, that this year could be one of the most formative years of ministry for good. I also believe that our time is short. I'm not trying to scare you. I believe that the Lord's coming is soon and imminent. I really do. And I think about this. My job as pastor is to mobilize this body. In 2019, if the Lord tarries his coming, to mobilize us with one common goal and one common vision to give all that we can to the cause of Christ in this year. We can't and shouldn't continue doing ministry and serving the Lord in the same manner that we have in the past. I believe that the Lord is calling our church to take the next step in service to Him. Our Lord is calling us to a new level of commitment. If the ministry of Rocky Mountain is to flourish and we are to fulfill the call of God for our church as a whole, we must invest. Just as Christ here in Matthew chapter number 6, just as our studies are in Matthew 5, uh, these are, this is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Matthew 6 is a part of it. My Bible is not a red letter Bible, but if yours is, Matthew 6 is in red letter. The Lord is still teaching the longest, most thorough message that the Lord ever gave when His ministry was here on earth. Just as He's teaching those group of disciples there on that Galilean hillside, so through His Word He instructs us tonight. And what is He saying to us? He calls us, the church today, to seek to invest in eternal things like we never have before. Now, I want to show you, this is not a Bible word based here. Uh, it's not a Bible word at all, in this case, in invest. 
But invest, what does it mean? The dictionary says this, and I was, I was shocked by this. And when I go back, I, I go back to a Webster's 1828. I believe it's one of the best. Noah Webster was a godly man who feared God and loved God. And, and many times the words that he gave us were mirrored the exact Bible word. But it was kind of strange when I looked at this in September and October of this year. To invest means this. And you think, this doesn't sound like investment to you, do you? It sees, Webster says, to clothe, to grace, to adorn, to confer, to give. Now, let me put it in order. How can I invest in things of eternal nature through the church in 2019? I want you to, I want everybody, if you, uh, everyone that's out there, look in your wallet or your purse and grab a, Grab a bill, a paper bill. Men, ask your wife for one. All right? Grab your bill. All right? You can grab a 20 if all you have, if you've got Brother Fraser's problem, the lowest bill you have is a 50 or 100. Just grab the bill that you have. All right? I want you to look at it. To clothe. What is Noah Webster saying? How do I clothe a dollar bill? How do I invest this dollar bill? Now, let me show you something. I was, I was, watch, I was listening to this as I was coming uh, to church tonight. How many of you remember a Sony Walkman? So, okay, how many of you had them? Sony Walkman. Uh, there was a tech. I know so little about technology that sometimes just to, so I can talk to my son and my son-in-law, and so I can talk to some of the younger folks. I listen to occasionally a, a man that talks about technical issues. And he mentioned a so Sony is, is celebrating 31 years. I didn't realize it came out in the late 70s. 31 years ago, the Walkman came out. What was it? I had one, but I forget. What, what was the Walkman? It wasn't a cassette, was it? But it was more than that. Okay, but let me say, now, I, this is not me. I, I, don't re, I didn't buy one that I know of, but that man said, when Sony came out, you paid $150 for a Sony Walkman. And in three years, you could buy the same Sony Walkman for $22. All right? Now, go with me. I love my father-in-law, and, and I miss him daily. I really do. He was a, uh, he was a neat man. I remember when he came to see us one time, and he had just bought the newest, the newest digital camera was three megapixels. He had the latest, greatest. Three megapixels, uh, a camera. Dad, would you pay for that? He said, it's awesome. No film. Got this little SD card in there. I guess that's what you call the SD card. Would you pay for that? $600. And in three years, they had a phone out that had a, the ability to take a six-megapixel picture. So something that I paid $600 for in three years, you could buy for $150 or $200. Something Sony came out with for $150 in just a couple years, you could buy for under $30. Now, follow me. Was it a good investment? How many of you bought a Sony Walkman? Okay. Was it a good investment? Might have been, all right? Or, or you think about that, you say, preacher, oh, no, I'm that person, that lady or that man who bought that camera 
of three megapixels and I paid X amount of dollars and then lo and behold, uh, iPhone comes out with a phone that takes better pictures than my $600 camera. Now think about it. Now let's talk about Mr. Webster said to invest means to clothe. How, look at the dollar, whatever, whatever number. Now think about this. How can I clothe this dollar or many of these dollars? Let me give you an example. I had a friend at Bible college who bought me this watch I wear years ago. It's a Seiko. It was over $200. He just said to me, he said, he said, you were a blessing to me in college and God's blessed me. I, and he had paid for it. He, he said, go down to Dillard's and uh, pick out any watch. And, and I've already been in contact with them. And so $200 watch. Now, let me show you this. I want to talk to you about investing. So he paid 200 of these. He clothed his dollars and turned it into a watch. Okay? What, tell me this, what's going to happen to this watch? It's going to break, isn't it? It's in, I don't know how long it's lasted. Goodness gracious, it's lasted 10, 12 years. It's still working, still doing good. But will it last forever? And now probably you could buy this same watch for $75 or $80, I'm imagining. Now you think about this. You think about, think about the vehicle you drive. What did you pay for that vehicle? Don't tell us out loud, okay? You clothed some dollars or you are clothing dollars every month and you're changing, exchanging dollars for a car, a vehicle. You clothe them. My shoes, my suit, my clothes. Now, we have to do that, don't we? We have to clothe dollars into temporal things, things that are not eternal. Those things, that watch will break one day, this suit will wear out or tatter. That car, I hate to say this, especially if you go to Walmart, is going to get some dings and dents. I hate Walmart. Uh, every time my wife goes to Walmart, I think we come home with a new dent in our car. All right? It's going to happen. It's going to start to leak oil. It's going to break down. Even the Fords, Brother Allen, they're going to break down. So watch, and I'm not, I'm not chiding any of us about clothing that dollar and turning many of them, thousands of these, into a car or a truck or turning hundreds of them into a watch. I have now clothed this dollar. I've invested it, but I've invested it in things non-eternal, and they're not going to last forever. I was some time back before... Brother Joshua and Rachel came to be in ministry with us. My wife and I were going through his room, the room that he had when he was a teenager. And we found, you remember, Brother Wally, you'll remember this, Brother Patrick and Lucy and some of you, Brother Miss Allen possibly, Brother Skip, I don't know if you were here then. Do you remember when Jody Mantle was a part of our ministry? You remember when Brother Mantle was stationed and... and, and was, uh, was deployed to Afghanistan. Do you remember the only contact that he had with his wife and could have the scripture verses was on a PDA and his PDA broke? The church took a love offering. We purchased a PDA 
And we sent it to Brother Mantle. And it had the Bible loaded on it. I forget now. I want to say we paid 100 plus for that PDA. We found one in Joshua's door, a dresser drawer. Works perfectly. What can I get for it today? Can you get anything? So we took a hundred of these and we clothed them into a, what is a PDA? Personal, Personal. device? Personal data assistant. We clothed them. We invested in that. And now today, totally worthless. Now, I'm not, I'm not chiding any of us. We all have to live and we have to invest. Now, watch this. When I spend something, money that is on something temporary, one day it will pass away. But let's take that same dollar. Look at your dollar, five or ten. If I take this and I clothe it, many of you did this, and I promise you, I look at this each and every Sunday, Brother Fine and Brother Rogers and Brother Tyrell and some of you, some of you thought it was worthy when we put an old bus up there and we said, listen, buy a seat. Pay $100 so we could buy a bus to get boys and girls to Sunday school and vacation Bible school and take them to camp. And some of you took the same dollar that you bought the PDA, the Walkman with, you bought the car with or the suit or whatever you bought, and you clothed that dollar or a hundred of them. And you bought a bus seat. And we were able to buy a bus. And with that bus... Boys and girls come each and every Sunday. Boys and girls have gotten on that bus and accepted Christ as Savior. And some of them have followed the Lord's leading in full-time ministry. And I heard Brother, da- Brother Stephen this d- today in teen class, Brother Damien's rejoicing and saying, you know what, preacher, I get my money to send to West Coast. I'm going to Bible college. You gave for that bus. And Brother Damien found Christ as Savior and now going to, to be in full-time ministry. Now watch this. I can take that $100 and I can invest in a watch. It'll break. It'll get old. It'll go out of, uh, out of uh, uh, vogue. But I can take that same $100. Now let me say this to you. That same $100 some of you gave towards that bus seat. Maybe some of you bought two. You bought three. Later on, we had a group of men we found out here. We, that bus came from Alabama. Can I say this to you? Don't ever buy a bus and drive it back from Alabama. It will test your salvation. It looked like to us, Brother Colin had good tires. Looked like good tires. They showed us a picture, Brother John, of the good tires. They're Alabama tires. Alabama does not get snow. Brother Wally, Rebecca, no snow. So first Sunday, we're taking our brand new bus that you bought, and we're taking it up a hill, and Brother Josh gives me a call. Dad, got issues. Why? The bus will not make it up the hill. It's sliding back down. We didn't go back to the church and say, church, we now need... $1,200, $1,400, $1,500 to put new tires on the bus. Some of the men in our church, God laid it on their heart. And they went to other men in the church. 
And some men in the church said, I'm going to make an investment. Now, those tires will wear out, won't they? They clothe those dollars. But let me say this to you. It's going to be a long time before those tires on a, on a church bus wear out. They usually rot out before they wear out. You made an investment. Brother Stephen, help me with this. We didn't have a bus before this bus that would go to camp. It's the first time we've ever taken a bus to camp. Tell me about some of the decisions that happened at camp, Brother Stephen. Do you remember? Wait a minute. I clothed my dollars in a bus. And on that bus, some precious boys and girls went to camp. And some of those boys and girls found Christ as Savior. Amen. And let me say this to you. Now that dollar has just become eternal. That's right. yes. Isn't that good? Now that temporary dollar, this very dollar, one day will just burn up. It'll be the federal, uh, what is that, the, 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 what, the feds or whatever will tear it up. But if you gave, now you gave to something that is eternal. Two kids got saved. What else, Brother Stephen? What decisions? You see how I can clothe this dollar? You see how you can clothe a 10 or a 20 or a 50 or a 100? Now, I'm not, no, just a while, you'll follow me. I'm not talking just about money when we talk about investing. The only way to make our temporal things last is to invest them. Our money is temporal. Our lives are temporal. Our service is temporal. One day, and I'll talk to you about that later on in the message, one day you're not going to be able to serve God. Sometimes when I see the, the Phil and Marys, and sometimes when I see the Georgian Ferns, and sometimes when I see the Bill and Mary Beths, and I think about these, these are folks that serve God and serve God faithfully, and now they can't do what they once did. It's temporal. Our life is a vapor that will suit, will appear for a while and then it vanisheth away. But think about this, what it will look like if we invest in things of God this year. I want to show you three areas that we hope to invest this year. Number one, invest in souls. What are our goals this year at Rocky Mountain Baptist Church? Invest in souls. I'm not trying to chide and trying to fault any particular denomination or churches. Over 1,200 Southern Baptist churches last year never saw a soul saved. 1,200. What are we going through the motions for as a church? What is this body for? It is for to see. It's good to be a lighthouse. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. God commissions us and tells us, Go ye therefore, this year we will institute an outreach program meant to touch our community with love and the gospel, something we've never done before. We're going to ask you when that happens for you to be a part of it. And yes, it will take some of this. It'll take some of you investing and say, Listen, I'm going to invest so we can take the gospel to the policeman. I'm going to invest so we can take the gospel to the nurses and doctors. I'm going to invest so we can take the gospel to the, to the high schoolers where our kids are. I'm going to make an investment. I'm going to clothe this dollar in things eternal. 
how or is it, what's it going to look like for our church this year to invest. We must first invest in souls. I want you in those, in those days, and we'll look at this, and you'll look at it on your church calendar in minutes when we give it to you. And you'll see on there the weeks that we're going to get in Love Works and mobilizing the church. Maybe you're not one that comes on a Saturday and loads up on a bus or a van and goes and knocks doors. You can be a part of the Love Works program. You can say, listen, I'll be willing to go down to a police station and make lunches and deliver lunches. And by doing so, give out the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The call and commission of the church is to reach the lost and disciple those we lead to Christ. Here's let me, what I ask each and every one of us that are here tonight. Ask the Lord to give you one person that you can pray over and love and witness to. And this year, you might lead your first soul to Christ. Amen. Invest in somebody's life. Do you know right now, just moments before we came out, and you're going to see this happen in the weeks to come. We have folks lined up to be baptized, but we're doing some construction back there right now. We can't robe them. We can't get ready. We can't feel the baptism. We can't do that. But I'm going to show you this. Brother Stephen usually prays on Sunday night before we come out. I'm not going to mention these men, but they are men that are coming to our church with some regularity. They've yet to trust Christ as their Savior. I was thrilled with this this week when I was gone to check in with our associate pastor and find out that Brother Stephen is meeting with these men over a meal, over a cup of coffee, and to watch this, to invest, to give me some, I'm going to get some time with these men. I'm going to say this to you, they're that close to getting saved. They're that close. Can I ask you this tonight? Who is that person that you carry to the Lord in your prayer time that you're asking God to use you to lead that person to Christ. Invest in souls this year. Be a part of that Love Works program. One person that you will love and pray over and spend time with. Can I say this to you? Most people, we will not be able to lead them to Christ. We have to win them to us before we win them to the Lord. Cassandra, is that kind of how it happened with you? I didn't realize this. I, I didn't realize there was a connection there between Brother and Mrs. Bliss. I knew that Brother Rogers and Rachel were, were already working with Cassandra through the bus ministry. And, and lo and behold, and she started to come. And, and we were, Cassandra, I'm going to scare you, but I'm going to tell you this. My wife and I did. And Brother and Mrs. Rogers and I did. We prayed for you and we prayed, God, help her to come to know Christ the Savior. And Brother Bliss, I remember when that call came, preacher, good news. I was able to lead Cassandra to the Lord in a doctor's office. Now I'm going to ask you this. Who is your Cassandra for the new year? There is someone where you shop, where you go, who you work with. And I promise you this, if you carry their name to the Lord and you invest in them, God will give you a soul for the hire. We must invest in souls this year. One person that you'll love, pray over, work with, and come to see to know Christ. And not only will we invest in, in souls, we must invest in service through the church. Invest in service. Our church has some gaping needs. You know, okay, maybe I'm just kind of a simple 
minded pastor. We meet at 515 to work on special music. This may not mean a lot to you. It meant the world to me. Tonight, Crystal joined the choir. She joined the church some, some time back. Tonight, she joined the choir. I think that's awesome. I don't even know if she can sing. <laughs> I just like to have her up there. Huh? You say, preacher, you get to, oh, no, no, no. I think about this. I want to see people, and they look at this church. This is my church. God, you've given me gifts and talents. Use me in the cause of Christ with this church. Yes, invest in souls. Pray for that one. Work with that one. Number two, invest in service. Some here tonight need to join the church. You've been coming for some time. You're saved. Some of you may need to be scripturally baptized. But I'm going to say this to you. I would encourage you that this year that you make that next step and you make Rocky Mountain Baptist Church your church home. Some need to join the church. Others need to find an avenue to serve the Lord through the church. Can I say this to you? Serving people are happy people. Sometimes it gets tiring. I wish you could see the work that our men do. A little tiny project. Deacons, plug your ears for just a second, okay? Because we talked to the deacons about this before we started to do it. In the pastor study, there's no restroom facilities back there. Many times, there are times if I'm in my study and I have no problem doing this, we'll go use one of the restrooms out here. If somebody's being baptized, there's no restroom facilities there. And that is a little tiny, it's kind of like a confessional booth about that's all the bigger it is to get ready for baptism. We'd always wanted to do this. We wanted to knock some walls out and to expand that, put a, a, a bathroom there. We can make it larger for those who are dressing for baptism. And there could be a, a restroom facility for the pastor and staff to use. We... First thing we did is call a plumber and say, listen, tell us what it's going to take to get a sewer line. So they came. I don't like what they said. It'll be five or $6,000 to connect that little bathroom to a sewer. We can't do that. We can't and wouldn't do that. So we got Brother Tyrell and Brother Josh and myself. We just kind of went to work. What can we do? I'm not going to gross you out, but you might as well know what's going on. They make a commode that pulverizes whatever goes through it, turns it into a liquid. Kind of pricey, but you don't have to connect it to the sewer. And so now watch this. I've never hooked one up. Brother Tyrell's never hooked one up. Brother Josh has never hooked one up. But you know what? I mean this honestly. And I'm not trying to pat anybody on the back. I've watched these young men, after they worked a full day, come and tear out walls. I've watched Brother Tyrell meticulously take the plumbing from the baptistry and from the pastor's office and plumb everything, replumb everything. And there is a ton of work to do. 
Each and every time I come, something else is done and something else is done and something else is done. Preacher, I can't sing in the choir, and some of you shouldn't try, all right? I can't sing in the choir. Can you plumb? Preacher, you say, I can't plumb. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened this morning. This is a good thing. Our altar was full. From wall to wall, it was nearly full this morning. Can you pray with somebody at the altar? We had more people come to the altar than we had people come to pray with them. Can you pray with somebody at the altar? Can you teach some little boys and girls about Jesus? Can you be a, a helper for a teacher who's teaching somebody about Jesus? Can you come and work, are you, and help some folks who are battling addiction to find, find victory through Christ? Can you drive a bus? Can you work a bus? Can you clean a building? Can you mow the grass? Can you paint a building? Invest. Invest in souls. Invest in service through the church. Some need to join. Others need to find an avenue to serve the Lord through the church. Bear with me a moment. I thought about recently about some people who did the very thing I'm telling you to do. And they're in heaven now. Brother Daryl Hoskins was 80 years old. Go down some stairs sometime. Some of you that are in the fellowship hall, you won't know about this, but we knocked those walls out and we put up new ceilings and new walls. Or that The walls were not new. The ceilings were all new. Eighty years old. Brother Darrell worked a half a day and he came here the other half of the day and he skim-coated all of those walls. Now, skim-coating is this. You take compound or mud and you mix it up and you smear it over the cracks on the walls, and you do all that, and then you sand it, then you do it again, and then you sand it so a texture can... Eighty years old! I remember the day, Brother Paul, Brother Bill, the men meet together Sunday morning church. Brother Darrell was a picture of health. I remember that day, Brother John, when he looked at us and he said, Fellas, pray for me. Doctors found a little spot on my lungs. In six weeks, he was in heaven. He invested. I never walk into this building without understanding people who made an investment when you drive past a, a flagpole out here. I never knew it myself. We wanted to put a flagpole up there. Brother Darrell said this, Pastor, you find one, I'll buy it. Should not tell me that. <laughs> this flagpole that we have, do you know what aluminum? That was a 30-foot aluminum flagpole. I said was. Somebody put them at DIA. That flagpole was first at DIA. But they set them wrong into the ground. You never set up aluminum pole in concrete. Never, ever. It'll eat it, deteriorate it, and it will bend it and snap it at its base. That's what happened. So now, instead of a 30-foot flagpole, we've got a 23-foot flagpole. Fine with us. I went up to Denver. I met with a man. We looked at all his poles. What would you think that pole cost? $1,000. 
I said, Brother Darrell, I found one, but uh, it's a thousand bucks. He said, buy it. Every time I come to church, I look at that flagpole. And I thank God for a man that said, I want my church to have something special. I walk past those brick columns and I see the work of Ernst Stuckman. I come in this church and I'm not going to mention some people that are still here and some are here tonight that said, Preacher, we're going to pay for every bit of paint in this building. We're going to pay for a good part of the kitchen. And I come here and I thank God that somebody said, The work of Jesus Christ is worth my greatest effort. Mike Perkins had one of the most, the rarest diseases I've ever heard of. I don't even remember sharing what it was. It's a disease that rots your brain from the inside out. But Brother Mike was working in the RU ministry. He got to the place he could hardly talk and make sense when he did talk. But he worked RU until he could work no longer. You may not understand this, and to us, I never realized, Brother Brad, I never realized the impact Ronnie Dykes had on this ministry till he passed. You go to the home where Ronnie Dykes was. Am I right, Brother Jeff? Everybody in that home knew where Ronnie Dykes went to church. And when he could hardly walk, when we went to see him after he had fallen and, brand and his head was just broken open and it was an ICU and he could barely say any words. You know what he said to us? I want to get back to church. My father-in-law years ago, brand new to ministry here, he was an engineer. We had made an offer on a building on the north side of town. It was a bar. Had a terrible front, didn't have any character to the building. I said, Dad, just in case this goes through, I want you to redesign the front of this building. He did a beautiful job. My wife and I were going out to California. We knew Dad was having some problems in his hip. I was concerned about it. I said, Dad, Promise me something while we're out in California. Would you have it checked? We came back. We found out he had cancer. And the cancer was deteriorating his bones and it spread through his entire body. When he was dying in the hospital and I went to see him, you know what he said? Son, I guess I won't be able to help you with the new church. Some of you will look at these men and the example of these men and say, how can they love? It wasn't they were in love with Pastor Rogers. They were in love with a bunch of buildings. They were in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. And they thought, until he calls me home, I'm going to invest every ounce of who I am Amen. to the cause of Christ. Invest in souls, Rocky Mountain Baptist Church. Invest in service. I want us as a church and a body not to forget the Zanes. This giant of the faith who started 16 different works or servicemen centers in Germany and across the United States now can't walk in these doors. When we go to see him, 
He laments about what he cannot do for Christ. I'm going to say this to you tonight. The Lord's army needs some fresh recruits. Need some fresh recruits. I want to show you lastly, we're going to invest in souls. We hope to invest in service. I want you to invest in stewardship through sacrificial giving. Now, let me put it to just as, straight, as straightforward as I can. Some need to learn and ask God to teach you and give you the grace to tithe. The tithe is the Lord's. For me to keep it, I've taken what belongs to God. Preach, I don't believe that. That's Old Testament law. No, it's not. The tithe belongs to God. Let me encourage you. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, verse number 10, Prove me now. Herewith saith the Lord of hosts. So prove God. I promise you this. You give God back the tithe, and you will make it with 90% better than you make it with 100%. I promise you. Invest in stewardship. Some need to learn to tithe for the first time. Some need to learn to give faithfully to missions for the first time. We are not scratching the surface with missions giving like we should. I heard this week some of you gave over and above regular missions giving. We sent $1,000. I think the church collects 700 and we added some from the missions fund and sent $1,000, which is not a lot, to Mrs. Wesco who lost her husband. And now we found out just this week, actually, my wife somehow found out that Mrs. Wesco is settled now. They found her a house, and they've got her a job, and she's settled now. And the pastor of the church wrote us a a beautiful letter thanking the church for giving to them. I want to show, and I want Brother Rogers to put this up here, uh, some of this. I want to show you this, and we didn't get this far this, this next year. We have to do it this year. I'm asking our church to invest. We owe currently $34,000 would pay this church off. And I mean this honestly. Most, if you're like my wife and I, I can't write a check for a tenth of that. I can't. But I can do something. Above the tithe and the offering and missions giving, I can give towards this. And if you cannot give, would you pray about that? The goal for this year, we, we looked at this as a goal for last year. We made some headway on it, but we didn't do it. Would you pray with us that that $34,000 will be met to pay this building off? Preacher, why? We need a fellowship hall. Brother Rogers, I don't know if you have that up there. I told him to just do this. It won't be just a fellowship hall. We're not going to build a building just for a fellowship hall. It's got to be a multi-purpose building that we can have Sunday school and other activities in. We are not going to, and I will not and cannot lead you into building a fellowship hall or a multi-purpose building without this building and property being paid for and a good chunk of money going towards that building before we ever break ground. Do you not? Now watch this. Some of you, some of you, as you work your way downstairs and up, you understand how limited we are in our fellowship hall. We're going to ask God this year to help us to pay off the existing mortgage. I want to show you a second goal. You can be a part of this. We're going to start hitting this immediately. 
Brother Rogers, show us the stair. Between now and then, we need to have the ability to get people downstairs. There's only one way we can do it. We checked this out when we remodeled this building. The building department will not let us put a stair lift in this central stairway. And so the only place that we can put it is in the stairway outside that goes straight down into the downstairs. This price there, the cost of that, Brother Rogers, is right at $15,000. Now, let me say this to you. You say, Preacher, I've got somebody, and we did it for cheaper. We've checked with the major companies that build these stair lifts. There's something quite different in a commercial lift that will go into a, a, a church like ours and a residential lift. They're built to different standards. I hope that you don't feel that it is a waste to get to spend the money to get people downstairs who until that, that fellowship hall and that multi-purpose building is built, that we have a way to get people downstairs that need to get downstairs. In the weeks to come, we will put a program in place to be able to purchase that stair lift. And we want to do this, and this was the goal of last year, and I do believe that we have the monies there. It's just we didn't get it done this year. We have to do it this year. We need a church sign. We need a sign. You think about this? Now, watch this. When you go by this area, do you know there's a church here? You don't. You don't know that there's a church here. We don't want just a regular church sign. We'd love to put an electronic sign up where that sign we can put the coming activities on that sign, whatever is happening, that kind of thing. We've got to have, uh, and I believe this honestly, I believe that the monies for the sign are there. It's not something we have to come to you as a church and a body and say, we need you. Now, if, if you uh, would love to give towards it, that would be great, but the money is greater needed towards the stair lift or even the payoff of this building. These are some financial goals that we need to have this year. Build a church sign. I think about this. Every dollar given for these goals can be money and treasure in heaven. Go back to your Bible. Look at what it says. Look what Jesus said. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither wrath nor, nor moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through or steal. When we give towards ministry, a building, a bus, vacation Bible school, teen camp, missions, and someone gives their life to Christ, we take that temporary dollar and we clothe it in eternity. I don't know who, I don't watch the giving to see who did. I don't know if you gave towards that bus or you didn't give. I don't know who's going to give towards a building and pay off of a building and who won't. Sometimes I have to because how the money's come together. I don't look at the offerings week to week, month to month. But I'm saying this to you. If you were one of those that gave and some boys and girls accepted Christ as Savior, you took something temporal and made it something eternal. I want to show you this. Let's look at the spiritual aspect of this. The treasure, the word there in, in the Bible, means this, an abundance of something that has value or is precious to someone. It means to make a deposit. What is Christ saying when he says, lay not up for yourselves treasures in heaven? 
let me be very clear. Jesus is not saying don't plan for the future. Is a savings account wrong? No. Is an investment in retirement wrong? No. The Bible says, matter of fact, a wise man before he builds a tower will sit down and count the cost. You're going to get old one day and you're going to retire. You should plan for that. Now, let me say this to you. I was not taught that. I was taught as I trained for ministry, these old gray beards. I don't know, Brother Bliss, how it was with Brother Gray, and I don't know, Brother Bill, some of the men you trained under. The men I trained under taught us this, and they beat it, and they beat it, and they beat it, and they beat it. Don't you worry about your future. You just take care of the things of God, and He'll take care of your future. God expects me to do what, now let me say this to you, it's my job, if something happens to pastor, to take care of my wife and family. Now, God might use you. God might use the church. So the Lord is not saying here, don't plan for the future. Number two, he is saying, don't count these things the best things. So you took thousands of dollars and bought a car. It's not the best things. You took hundreds of, hundreds of dollars and bought a watch. It's not the best things. You took hundreds of dollars and bought a suit of clothes or ladies a purse. It's not the best things. He's making a comparative statement here. He's saying this, give eternal things the greater priority. So I've got some expendable money this year, and I need to know where to invest it. May I encourage you to invest in the cause of Christ whether it's paying off of a building or putting towards a, a future building or helping us to pay the money to get people downstairs into a fellowship hall, whatever it might be, send kids to camp. Look at the eternal things as the better things to invest in. He's saying this as well. Don't covet an abundance of things. Drive around town. Are you seeing the same thing I see? If there's not a new marijuana place going on every corner, there's something else. There is right now that I know of over 800 storage buildings going up in Pueblo and Pueblo West. We already had over 3,500. We're building about 30% more storage buildings, and I talk to people, Julie, I think the folks that that you helped us with, with a, they said this, we can't build them fast enough. Why? Things. I've got to have things, and I've got to, I've got to keep these things, and I, I've got to hold on to these things. And can I encourage you, Rock Mountain Baptist Church, to think about this? I don't know. I'm not trying to tell you I know when the Lord's coming because I don't know. But I believe that His coming is imminent, and I believe that it is soon. And one day we'll stand before Him. We'll give an account for every dollar how we invested that. Don't covet an abundance of things. We all have a choice of what we treasure, earthly or heavenly. Look at Luke chapter number 6. Go with me if you would, please. Don't put your confidence in earthly treasures. Don't put your confidence in earthly treasures. Luke chapter number 6, and look at verse 24. But one to you that are rich... 
For ye have received your consolation. He's not speaking against being rich. He's speaking about people who put their confidence in their riches. If you look at this and you look at this, you remember the man who filled his barns and his barns were filled with plenty. And he took confidence in his barns being full. full. What did the Lord call him? Thou fool. Why? I, I coveted and I put my confidence. Look at chapter 16 of Luke in verse number 25. Luke chapter number 16 and look at verse number 25. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. The rich man didn't go to hell because he was rich, and Lazarus didn't go into a paradise or heaven because he was poor. But the Lord told us about this rich man. He trusted in his riches. He worked for riches, and he lost his own soul. I'm going to talk to you this briefly. What about treasures in heaven? There are treasures in heaven, sure, as there are treasures on earth. Think about this. Do you have anybody you've led to the Lord in heaven? That's a treasure. My wife and I had the junior church in Louisiana. We had a boy named David that came, and David, he wasn't a bad kid. He was just ornery. This kid gave me gray hair. Oh, he's always doing something. David didn't know the Lord. The Lord laid something on our heart, a vision for the junior church, and here's what we did. We asked all of the young people, all the people, young kids that came to junior church, we handed them a three-by-five card. We said, listen, help us to know you, who you are. Write your birthday. Write about your family in there. Help us to know who you are. And if there's something you want us to pray for, put that on the back and we'll pray for. And every Sunday, Mrs. Rogers, some of the ladies' worker, would take some of the, that girl aside, pull her card out. I would take one of the boys. I remember reading David's card, and he talked about what was going on at home. David trusted Christ as Savior. Changed him. couple weeks after he was saved, I got a phone call. Brother Rogers, you know about this, Miss Walker, the Red River. Brother Rogers, David got off the bus. We always told him, don't go down to the Red River. The Red River is overflowing the banks this time of year. David, don't go down to the Red River. And somebody on a dare told David, I'll bet you can't swim across that river. David died. They had his funeral. When I go back to Louisiana, I look up at that hillside cemetery up there, and there's one grave marker in that cemetery that means the world to me. I got to lead David to the Lord. There's some treasure in heaven. 
there are treasures in heaven. In heaven alone there are true treasures. Riches and glory and pleasure are at God's right hand evermore, the Bible says. Here on earth the moth eats and rust corrupts and thieves break through and steal. You can take this dollar, you can take all of them, and you can put them in a bank and you can hoard them. And you can say, I'm going to buy and I'm going to build it, I'm going to do all these things. And I'm not faulting that, but I'm encouraging you this year to say, listen, God, I'm going I'm to give to you like I've never given before. I want to make an investment in the things of God. There's treasures in heaven. The greatest treasure that you can place in heaven is your own soul. If you're in this room tonight and you don't know Christ as Savior, the place that you can start is accept God's free offer of salvation through His Son. Look at Psalm 119 as we close tonight. Psalm 119. I apologize for the length of time. Psalm 119. Can I say this to you? Your heart will follow your treasure. Your heart will follow your treasure. Psalm 119. Look at verse number 11. This is not the one I wanted. What does the Bible say? The Lord said in Matthew 6, He said this. Where your what is? Treasure is. There will your heart be also. Brother Jeff, I don't mean this in a bad way. and Brother Stephen and Josh and Rachel and many of us that went to Brother Sal's Garcia's service, we went back to the church where I used to be associate pastor. Sadly, the ministry's dying. You look at the buildings and they're not cared for. Doorknobs falling off. Buildings need to be painted. Sunday school classes closed up. No Sunday school teachers to teach those kids. The bus is parked and not running. Don't have a pastor. I didn't get to talk to her. Brother Stephen got a grand tour by a lady that used to be in the ministry there, Mrs. Munoz. She said something like this. If you and I were at that church right now, we'd probably be looking for a new church home. Mrs. Munoz said, I've been at this church for 45 years. I can't leave. You understand what that's like? I've given my prayer and my blood and my sweat, and my tears, and my money. And I want to see that church succeed. Your heart will follow your treasure. A moving truck full of possessions is never right behind a hearse. You're all going to leave it here. Here's the conclusion. If you haven't accepted Christ as Savior, do so. Number two, ask the Lord to use you this year to lead someone to Christ. Number three, be willing to serve the Lord through service in the church. Number four, seek to put God first in matters of stewardship, tithing, missions, building project. I'm going to say something that you're going to think you think is way out there. I'm going to throw it out there. I think we ought to consider doing it. 
consider putting the church in your will. I'm serious. You say, preacher, what about this? I don't know what's going to happen when I go. Well, is the church going to change? Churches change. They call new pastors and they change. Can I say this to you? We don't give to a church. We don't give to a pastor. We give to God. If that church and that pastor misuse the finances that God's people have given, they will give an account to God. It's not for us to say and determine what is going to happen in the future of that church. Rocky Mountain Baptist Church, let's invest in the cause of Christ this year. Here's why. He's worthy. He's worthy. 